welcome to the Seahawks 360 podcast, a Sports Ethos production. I'm your host, Candace Higgins, and as always, it's a pleasure and a privilege to talk Hawks with you. We are on the cups of our very first preseason game. Looking forward to breaking down all of the new rookies. Looking forward to seeing this competition that seems to be heating up between Geno Smith and Drew Locke. We've got some interesting comments from Pete Carroll to discuss. So let's get started and talk some Hawks. Before we get too far, let's start off with a training camp update. The quarterback competition is officially on as Drew Locke and Geno Smith both finished up their most impressive weeks in training camp this past week. They both threw two touchdowns on touchdowns that were well covered, so not just a wide open busted coverage play, but they were both able to place the ball in a position where only their guy could get it. This is very impressive, especially considering this took place during the red zone drills, which have been a struggle through training camp up to this point. This is very encouraging signs as these quarterbacks seem prime to show out in this upcoming preseason game. Even more encouraging, the recipients of their touchdowns were DK and Tyler Lockett. And those are exactly the guys that you want to see these quarterbacks building chemistry with. No matter who starts, these are the guys you've got to get going. These are the guys who can get you those touchdowns, those plays, continuing to move the change. And so it's really good to see that that's progressing, As especially with DK Metcalf. It was a problem throughout training camp until this week to get him the ball, especially in the end zone. In other news, Ken Walker III is showing immense progress as he had a standout play for a 65-yard touchdown coming off of a screenplay. That's encouraging for a couple of reasons. One, because it's Ken Walker III, who is your rookie, making an amazing play in training camp. And two, it's a screen, guys. A successful screen, which is something that has been rare to see for the Seahawks offense for the past well, really 10 years, we'll be honest, but it's it's been especially a tough part of the offense to see successfully accomplished over the past couple of years. And then finally, the rookie corners continue to impress every week. They're doing something that impresses not just the coaches, but the players, and even impresses some of the Seahawks legends that were present at Seahawks camp this past week. Kobe Bryant in particular, actually got some shots at corner. They got they gave them a few looks at corner and so they're trying them out of different places. I just think they want to get all their best guys on the field and they're not sure if when Trey Brown comes if they'll really be able to start him. I think they're just looking for an opportunity because Kobe Bryant has shown that he deserves to get those reps. He's not really had much experience at the nickel and so this will be an interesting experiment up to this point. And I'm curious to see if we will see any nickel from Kobe in the preseason game. But it's promising in the sense that these rookies are really showing that they deserve to get these reps. And that is absolutely what you want to see for a foundational draft class in what is the Russell Wilson-less era of the Seattle Seahawks. Now, beyond training camp updates, Pete Carroll made some very interesting comments that I think is really important to break down is it he said some light, I think, on where his thoughts are in terms of training camp, these players, the rotations, and who may be getting significant snaps this upcoming season. So, with that being said, let's get started with our favorite segment, Parsing Pete. Ever wonder what's really going on in the mind of head coach Pete Carroll? The answer to that is yes. 
Do you sometimes have more questions than answers after press conferences? Why would I tell you that? I don't know that. Well, we've got your breakdown right here. It's time for Parsing Pete. Well, that was fun. So, Pete, what have been your thoughts on Tariq Woolen's progression through camp so far? Well, what's happened here is, is um, he's taken to the approach that we coach him, you know, the technique stuff, and he's just cleaned his game up. So his consistency is, is, has been really has been outstanding. And uh, in college, he's a little bit all over the place. You know, he's doing, he, at times, you could see him press and see him do the things he did in line of scrimmage, but then there was a lot of other stuff that showed up too. But now he's just taken to the coaching, and, and Carl's got him going, and... and uh, he seems to feel comfortable going against Tyler and going against DK, and, and so that's a big step. You know, it's a great challenge every day when these guys go against our guys. Um, he's taking it in stride so far. We'll see. You know, see how it goes. Has he surprised you at all? How quickly that's been? I think everyone assumed. You know, um, yeah, I'm 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 thrilled about this. Yeah, I, I didn't know. You know, I just it was a take a shot on a guy that, that has the tools and, and all that and hadn't you know really shown it. It's really similar to Richard. You know, if, if you guys remember, Richard uh, had played receiver for a couple of years and they threw him out of that room and threw him into the DB room and his last two years, you know, he moved to defense and there wasn't much at all on his junior film, but his senior film, you know, he, there were some real sparks in there, you know, that you could see and, and there was glimpses of maybe, you know, and, and uh, it's similar, you know, it's kind of the same transition that, that, um, that Tariq's taken and and kind of the same amount of development for this moment, you know, and, and uh, I remember back, I don't know if you guys remember, I remember uh, Sherm's camp, you know, and how he did and, um, and how that went. And, and then, I don't know, about four or five games into it, he was playing, he was going, you know, and um, there was a lot of surprises in there, but a lot of, you know, a lot of great accomplishment, you know, on his part. I was the one that was surprised. It might be early and there's still yet some things that need to be seen, but Tariq Woolen, is impressing Pete Carroll in the way that makes him think that he can potentially be a generational talent similar to Richard Sherman. That is the highest compliment that Coach Carroll can offer any defensive back. And that's not something he throws around lightly. That's just not some optimistic, I'm just putting it out here, really excited about this guy, I'm hyping it up, Pete Normal, speak this is different he in detail compared the two and reminisced on Sherman's first season and how they didn't expect him to get much playing time but with the way he took to everything with the way he learned everything within the first five four or five games he was getting legitimate playing time and he can see that same path for Tariq Woolen. Now, it requires that he continue on the path that he's on now. That means he's going to have to have a strong showing for the preseason games. And in his few opportunities that I do believe he's going to get in real games, he's got to show up. He's got to take advantage of those opportunities. But by the end of this year, Tariq Woolen might be starting. That's what Pete's saying. Tariq Woolen might be a starter by the end of this season. If he continues on this trajectory, he can see Tariq Woolen going down a center path, and he didn't say anything about holding him back. Essentially, he reminisced on Sherman's time at first year 
and reminisced how he got his opportunities and how he took the most of them. Now, he got a lot of accomplishments because of it. And you best know that that is in the back of his mind as Rulin shows the progression that he's shown as he makes a push to start. And I, you know, if you listen, if you go back and listen to this podcast, I didn't think we were going to get anything from Tariq, from Tariq Woolen this year. I'll be honest. I don't think anybody expected much from him. We're all excited mostly about him just because of his sheer athleticism and speed. But no one really expected him to be able to put it all together this quickly, including Pete Carroll. And that speaks volumes. So there's a light to be excited about, folks. He's got to be consistent. But to me, that's what shows that Pete's considering for him, him not just for playing time, but to start is because he talked about Tariq's consistency. That's what he was with, impressed with, his consistency. And if you can be consistent in Pete Carroll's defense, he'll give you a shot. It's going a long way. And I'm getting more and more excited about what this future Seahawks team can be. You may be able to hear the question asked in this particular clip, but essentially, in case you're not, Pete's asked about Ken Walker Jr. and if he's excited about what he's seen from him so far. Kenneth Walker, excited to see him, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you asked about surprises. I, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised he's so well-rounded. Um, runner, uh, he's blocking. I, I, again, I think I mentioned it the other day, but his, his pass protection stuff, he just he just turned the page. I mean, he was—he was not very good in college um, as a pass protector, and we didn't know, you know. But Chad's done a great job with him, uh, and, and uh, Amanda—they've worked really hard with him to get him. To, so it's important. But for this kid, this kid, everything's important. He wants to be great, and uh, he's not going to let any stone be unturned. And, and uh, so, I'm really excited to see how he goes. He's going to get some good play time in this game and get him comfortable with, you know, with the speed of the game and all that. And uh, I expect him to do well. That's one of the highest compliments that Pete Carroll can offer a bag. One, to say I expect him to do well, says a lot. Not we're hoping, not we're, we're looking forward to it, not we'll see. He expects him to do well, which means he sees something special in this kid. He also said he's surprised at how well-rounded he was. Ken Walker III, his one weakness well, there were actually a couple questions about him. One, would he be able to be a receiving back? And he's proved so far in training camp that he is more than capable of being a receiving back. And two, and I think it was the most concern to Pete Carroll, could he pass protect? Could he be an every down type of back? And although you never want to play a player three downs all the time, you just don't want to run your running backs ragged like that. It is exciting to know that Pete Carroll thinks that highly of him because he doesn't give those types of compliments often. You have to know Pete. A lot of times he'll say great things and it'll all sound optimistic, but there's a distinction with his compliments. And if he says something that sound like I, I expect him to do well, he says that about his players he can count on and rely on. Essentially, he feels like Ken Walker could start but Penny has earned the opportunity. Penny has earned the the chance, and they're going to give it to him. But this preseason, this preseason game is not like with Tariq Woolen. It's not going to show Pete Carroll, you know, what he can do. There's not a will see to it. Pete Carroll already has the full. He already has the confidence, the full confidence of Pete Carroll to start if needed. 
And this is just a matter of, you know, confirming what Peter already knows. Essentially, that's a great place to be for a rookie this early in training camp. This is exciting. To me, I feel like this is a super, super star in the making. Now, health has got to be on his side and he's got to continue to go out and prove it. This is a prove it kind of league. But I feel like he's got a superstar potential that can be extremely important for the foundations of this offense. I talked about how I was excited about the defense with Tariq Woolen. Well, I'm just as excited about Ken Walker III and what he can be in the offense. Like I said, especially with running back, health is important in terms of career trajectory. But he's got everything that it takes to really make a splash, not just in the future, but I think he's a top candidate for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Just with Rashad Penny already having a couple of tweaks, ham, hamstring issues, they, don't, they have been minor, which is great. But still, those are opportunities that Ken Walker III will see. And if he can if he can stay healthy, then that's exactly the kind of breakout opportunities that he needs. He doesn't I don't think this guy needs much. I think he's gonna take advantage of every opportunity given to him. He's shown that in camp. And so 12s, this is a year to watch. I think we might be seeing something special brewing. And I didn't know if we'd be saying that this quickly into the into the trade of Russell Wilson, but this has been a foundational draft class so far. And there's still a lot of football to be played, a lot of questions left to be answered. But Kenneth Walker the third, superstar to making if you put it together, guys. That's exciting. I'm not as excited about the quarterback battle. Some of you guys aren't either. A few of you guys are. You're looking forward to maybe hoping that Drew Locke can become a franchise quarterback for this team. I'm not one of that frame of mind. And even if that did happen, I'm not one that will be a fan of paying him any sort of money. I'm, I'm more of the go the rookie contract approach. That's my preference. But it's definitely important for the quarterback battle, particularly for this year, because you need a decent enough quarterback to be able to make sure that your wide receivers and your playmakers can still produce. You need a serviceable quarterback. It's Football still needs to be watchable for the Seattle Seahawks fan base, or at least we sure hope. <laughs> I sure hope covering the team that is watchable. And so it's been interesting to hear this dynamic up to this point with Pete Carroll and Geno Smith. It's always been complimentary of Geno more so than Drew. And Drew has gotten some compliments, but in my opinion, for Pete Carroll's standards, they've been a little vague, a little broad, very general, not really interested in going into any detail about him. And, to, and today was the most detail I'd heard and some of the highest praise he's given of Drew Locke. So let's take a listen. He's asked about the quarterbacks, and if there's been anything surprising in the quarterback battle to him this far. Well, I, I you know, we knew we knew Gino, we we knew his stuff, and, and we've seen a lot of him over the years, you know. So he, there's been few surprises there. He's been really consistent and rock solid. Um, I, I'm I'm surprised at some stuff that Drew does. You know, his movement, his uh, his natural ability, his uh, ability to to move with his, you know, and, and throw the ball with his feet in, in awkward positions at times to get the ball out, his quickness of release. Um, 
you know, I saw that stuff, but I, I until I saw it in person, you know, I, I didn't know. He's really talented. He's got a lot of skills, man, and, and uh, the game is easy for him in that sense. Physically, he, he can make all the throws. He can do the movements. He can run with the football. We've seen him run a lot out here and take off and go, and, and uh, so it's just been kind of the whole package. It's been a surprise to see that he's, he's this well-equipped. Now it's just down to the, the competition of it now. Coming into this, I think Pete really wanted this opportunity for Gino. He really wanted Gino to separate himself and to take a hold of the opportunity and to lead this team because Gino does have the respect of the locker room. Gino does have the respect of the coaching staff. But Gino hasn't really stepped up that often. He's really allowed for this competition to drag on a bit longer than it really had to. He's allowed Drew Locke to be able to make some gains on him. And now, P. Carroll really seems to be considering the possibility of letting Drew Locke start. He seems to be intrigued with the tools, with the with the skill set of Drew Locke. And I think he, he still, he's not sold. He needs to see Drew Locke in game situations, make strong decisions, make good decisions, take advantage of the opportunities. That's what Pete's looking for. But I think he's interested in the potential of Drew Locke, especially because he's seeing Ken Walker Jr., because he's seeing how this defense is coming together. And Pete wants to win, bottom line. And as great as, G- as he is feelings for Geno, all of that, I think Pete is coming to the realization that Drew Locke might, if he can be consistent, might be the better choice here. And it seems like this is the first time he's really come along to seriously considering that that's a possibility. I don't even think he really thought Drew would have a real chance because of him playing from behind. But like I said, Gino just hasn't, he hasn't taken a hold of the competition, in my opinion. He hasn't really, he has, he's left some questions, I think. And he's had more bad days than good at this point. And Drew has it. He's had more good days than bad. Quite frankly, in fact, I I only really hear Drew Locke only had one truly bad day. And they know Gino. They know what he's got. They know he'll always be there. But at the end of the day, Pete's trying to win. And I think he's leaning in the direction. So for those of you guys who've been pulling for Locke, this is exactly the type of thing that you needed to hear. And you also want to hope that Drew has an outstanding preseason game because that's what it's going to take. It's going to take an outstanding preseason game. Pete still wants Gino to win this job, but I think he, this is going to be a much more open competition moving forward in training camp than it's been up to this point. All right. Now that you've gotten everything you needed to know about training camp through this week up to this point, it is time to get into what it matters, what matters the most, and that is this preseason game actual Seahawk football on live TV in two days. So let's get into our preseason game preview, the first one of the year. Before we get too far, we've got to address the injuries. And for the Seahawks, it's a fairly lengthy list. To start, wide receivers Marquise Goodwin is out with a hamstring. Freddie Swain had a back issue in training camp. It's possible he might play, but I'd be surprised if they really let him get run. If there's anything going on, they're going to err on the side of caution, especially during the preseason. The Eskridge, as we know, is still out with a hamstring. It's really unfortunate that he's missed this valuable time. I, 
I don't even know if he'll ever be able to make up the time that he's lost in terms of development, which is disappointing. We'll see. But I, I'm disappointed with his inability to get on the field at all, this training camp. And so expect to see a lot of Derek Young, a lot of Bo Melton. Wide receivers are thin. I think they'll get they may get DK Lockett some snaps just for the quarterback competition's sake. But I think carrying the torch will be the young guys. So that'll be interesting to see. From the cornerback perspective, Artie Burns is still out with a groin. They said it may be a few days before he gets back. So he's not going to make it. He's not going to play in this game. Sidney Jones is close to coming back. But they're also not going to play him in this game. Too quick of a turnaround. He hasn't had any practice to this point. And, you know, he's a veteran. He was kind of set to start. They weren't really probably going to play him a lot in preseason anyway. Jordan Brooks is coming along pretty well when it comes to his hamstring injury, but he's still out and he's not going to play. It'll be very interesting to see who ends up taking the defensive call responsibilities then and how the defense flows without that defensive play play caller on the field. I'm also curious to see how the linebacker room looks as I think that's one of the thinnest rooms in the on the whole roster at this point. I am a little concerned about the linebacker position, but um, we'll see what that ends up looking like on the field. A new injury, Rashad Penny injured his, gro- his groin, and I know that's something you do not want to hear. I know, especially with these soft tissue injuries, it, this is the second one that's popped up in the offseason. Well, technically, this is the season starting now, but not what you want to hear. But I wouldn't panic. It does seem minor. It's just a little tight, they said. They're just holding him out. They just want to err on the side of caution. Obviously, you don't want to risk playing him in the preseason. And I don't think Penny needed to play in the preseason anyway. I'll be honest. I think those reps needed to go to Ken Walker the third anyway. So that's the good news. While you may be concerned about Rashad Penny and his health, as... You should be, <laughs> as I am. Ken Walker the third will step in and we'll get to see a lot of him. So that'll be interesting to see. And then finally, of this very long list that I got going right here, LJ Collier is still out with the elbow. It We don't know when we'll see him. I think he needed the preseason personally because his spot is not safe. And we'll talk about that a little bit later in another episode. But his spot is not safe on this roster, I don't think. So he's losing some valuable time. I think he might be back. I don't know if he'll be back in time for the next preseason game. We more likely, if if you see LJ Carlier, my guess is that he shows up in the third preseason game. But that's yet to be determined. So he's got to show the progress. He doesn't need surgery or anything on the elbow. Just some time to heal it. So those are your Seahawks injuries. From the Steelers' perspective... Uh, It's important to note that Dante Johnson, the wide receiver, he's injured. Chase Claypool, the wide receiver, is also injured. So they, too, are a little thin at at wide receiver. And, you know, that's not – you wish that it was tough for competition. I'm not sure if those guys would have played anyway, though. But you do wish it was a little tougher competition for the cornerbacks, Tariq Woolen and Kobe Bryant. You'd love to see what they do against those kind of guys. But – Nevertheless, they are out. Their second string running back, Benny Snell, is out for injury, as well as their starting linebacker. He is out, so that's a significant injury for them. Those aren't all of their injuries. I just listed the notable ones. 
we cover the Seahawks here on this on this podcast. So I just wanted to know, you know, give you guys some of the names, significant injuries that they might have. Those are the ones that I could find that I know about. Maybe some other ones that appear. Like I said, I cover the Seahawks. So you might hear more information about other injuries as over these next couple days as we approach the game. Now, it's important to note in terms of quarterback starters, Geno Smith is going to start for the Seattle Seahawks. Some of you would love to hear that Drew is starting, but like I said, Pete does still want Geno to win this, and so he's going to get the opportunities. Now, you'll still see Drew Locke. He'll get plenty of chances. I think Pete Carroll implied that all the quarterback the quarterbacks will play. I, I could live without watching Jacob Eason, but it seems like they're going to give him a run too. On the other side, from the Steelers' perspective, they're starting Mitch Trubisky. Curious to see how that quarterback play goes. It's, that's just not a quarterback matchup I'd ever think I ever thought I'd see. I'll just be honest. I never thought I'd see Mitch, Mitch Trubisky versus Geno Smith. But here we are, apparently in an alternate universe. So let's just get into the game. There are a lot of things to watch for, to be excited about this particular preseason up till now. In the Russell Wilson era, it's really just been interesting to see the rookies and not, not much else. But there is a lot to watch for. Of course, there's a quarterback battle. That's always interesting, at least for this season. But like I said, that's not something I'm that excited about. But I will be watching for things. So I'll just give you my list of eight things that I think you should watch for. And I know I'll be watching for and reporting on in my next podcast. So here's some questions I'd like to see answered. One, I'm curious to see how Drew Locke handles big plays because Pete still wants to know that the big plays can be made versus the smart offense. And he's got to learn how to take his 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 chances, but within reason, make smart decisions, take advantage of opportunities. It's a very fine line to walk. It's not easy to do. And that's why it's not easy to be a quarterback in the NFL, but it's a, it's a, it's a fine line that Drew Locke is going to have to learn how to walk if he's going to take this job from Geno. Curious to see how he balances that. For Geno Smith, can he get the ball out on time? Can he keep the chains moving? Can the offense look? You're not looking for the offense to be dynamic with Geno Smith, but you're looking for it to be consistent. You're looking for him to keep the chains moving. And like I said, he's got to get that ball out quickly. It seems like he's fixed that issue this past week. That's encouraging. He'll need to continue that in this preseason game because a stagnant offense is not going to be what P. Carroll wants to see. And it's going to going to cost him some points in this in this quarterback battle if he can't maintain a consistent offense and maintain drives. But that's not the quarterback battle. Other things I want to see. I want to see how Ken Walker protects. Pete Carroll spoke about him so highly as a pass protection, and I'm sure that he's not a world beater with pass protection. I think Travis Homer actually is a great uh, pass protector, and it probably still will depend on Travis Homer. But I am curious to see the things that Ken Walker has picked up, the things he's learned technique-wise, and kind of compare it to his college tape because he was not a good pass protector in college. And I'm just curious to see the strides that he's made, particularly against competition that's not, 
you know, on his team? Does it really fare out? Is it just something that's shown itself in training camp or is this for real? It's great to hear from Pete Carroll, but I'm curious to see how that looks myself. I'm also excited to see him in the receiving game. I really hope they utilize him in the receiving game quite a bit because it's refreshing to see a running back on the Seattle Seahawks who can also pass catch (laughs) and who can run the routes out of the backfield. That's really important, especially with a team that wants to run the ball as much as this team wants to. So that'll be another important a factor if this offense has any chance of being at least a little bit unpredictable (laughs) that'll be critical question number four i have can Tariq woolen start i don't know but it'd be really interesting to see how he does against these wide receivers on the Steelers. The Steelers, they are known for putting out some good wide receivers. They can develop some wide receiver talent. So even though that he's not going to get to play against the Chase Claypools or the Devontae Johnsons, he's still going to get to play against what I think was probably some pretty quality competition. And this is a great opportunity to see how he handles it, his techniques, his footwork, just see how naturally he looks out there, especially for an extended period of time. I don't know how much time he's gotten in terms of, you know, starting reps, you know, reps with the ones. He, I think they'll start him. He'll be out there a lot. Pete Carroll said he'll be out there a lot. So how does it hold up for a four, for a full, maybe not four quarters, but two to three quarters? My next question, the tight end use. That's something to watch for. That's something that Shane Waldron talked about getting the tight ends involved in in the passing game or in in general, getting them involved in the offense. That did not really seem to happen. And we'll find out for sure, was that just because of Russell Wilson? Or was it because that, you know, Shane Waldron just isn't as good as getting them the ball as we thought. Now, there's been some talk in camp about Noah Fent, how well he's done. Not as much late camp. There's been more balls going to the wide receivers, but I think that's because they've been intentional about building chemistry with those guys. But even even despite hearing about the wide receiver catches, I've still heard some things about Noah Fan just being involved in the offense. He got some key some passes in the mock game, and so you just kind of want to see him be involved. Him. And Kobe Parkinson, I'm curious to see, does he get some good opportunities, some good reps? I'd love to see him use as a red zone target. So I, that's something I'm watching for. Will Disley is Will Disley at this point. We know what he can and cannot do. But Kobe Parkinson and Noah Fan are the things, the two tight ends I'll be paying most attention to in this upcoming preseason game. If they play fit, I mean, they, they really may not. They, and if they don't, I understand but that means even more reps for Kobe Barkinson. So either way, it's something that I want to pay attention closely to. Next, I'm wondering about the right tackle competition. And I know you guys are too. But my biggest question is the run game. Does the are the is the running game able to be dynamic? because of the offensive line. There's been a lot of movement along the offensive line. There hasn't been a lot of opportunity for continuity just because competition has had to develop. And I would really like to see over this next preseason game, halfway into the second one, for them to really start, you know, make a decision on what the rotation is going to be, 
Jake Curhan has been getting reps again. He's been last week it was Abe Lucas. He was getting the starting reps. This this week it's been Curhan. They had him on the unofficial depth chart as the number one guy. If that's the case, to me, as much as I'd love to see Lucas, I think it's a little encouraging to see Curhan because that run game, like I said, it's just so important to the offense, but I want to see how Abe Lucas holds up. Has he progressing in the run game? My seventh question is Daryl Taylor really worth all the hype. They have been absolutely hyping up Daryl Taylor in all of the Seahawks media. He was mentioned in the mock game. Everybody says he looks great. He looks like he's set up for a monster season. And that's great, but I just have to wonder, given our rookie tackles, what what the team is looking at, some inexperience, even the the guy who has experience at the tackle position only has five games under his belt. And so is it just the offensive line looking young or is Daryl Taylor really up against better competition? That guy, is he, is he, is this really the year that he's going to step out. And I, I believe in him no matter what. But I'm just wondering, he's been hyped up so much. Is it more him or more the offensive line? This preseason game will help give us an indicator about this. So that's definitely something to watch for. And then finally, of the rookie wide receivers, Bo Melton and Derek Young, like I mentioned earlier, who steps up? Both of these guys have an opportunity here to cement themselves as potentially wide receivers four or five. And I think that Derek Young's been doing a great job to this point at taking advantage of the opportunities given to him. Bo Melton hasn't flashed as much. He hasn't been able to create as much separation to get targets his way. Does this change in the preseason game? Is he more of a gamer? And so these are things to watch for. Also seeing how they can contribute to special teams will be interesting as well, as that will go a long way to see who ends up being active on this roster. So those are my eight questions. Those are That's a lot to watch for, but those are things that are important to watch for, and those will help guide the storylines for the upcoming week. So it'll really set the stage, I think. There's a quicker turnaround for the next game. There's only five days between the game on Saturday and then the next preseason game, and so... I think this game will, will speak volumes. Uh, I don't know how much the how much they'll really be revealed in training camp because of that quick turnaround. I think might I anticipate that it'll be a lighter sort of week. So a lot of the takeaways will be from this game. So go back and listen, write the things down if you have to. But those are the keys to watch for in this game on Saturday. And before we conclude. I want to talk about a few players who aren't the rookies, who I'll be paying attention to at camp. I'm not going to talk about the quarterbacks. We all know our eyes will be on them. And the rookies, everybody wants to see the rookies shine. But here are some players I want to see shine who aren't rookies, who have, who could be still important to the success of not just this season, but because they're still relatively young, the potential future of the Seahawks. If they can prove themselves to be worthy, they might be able to be a part of what the Seahawks are building going forward. So player number one is Marquise Blair. He's had some interesting moments in preseason. He's been able to show his talent and his abilities up to this point in preseason. 
even more so than the regular season. So I'm curious to see if after yet another injury, he'll still be able to have the same burst agility. Some people have reported that he looks a little bit slower. It doesn't look as fast. Um, they put him back in safety. He's been playing more at safety. And so is that because he can't cover the quicker wide receivers anymore? That's something that'll be interesting to watch. You really want to see Marquise Blair submit himself as a part of this team to really show what this what the staff saw in him. I think we've seen flashes, but I th- he's really got to have a year where he puts together. It's an important year for him, and it starts now, especially given the way that the defense seems to be panning out. There seems to be a lot of three or four safety plays where he can actually get some playing time. There's been a question for years about really where he fits in in this defensive scheme. But with the Sean Desai defensive scheme this year, it seems like it fits right in line with what they would hope to get out of Marquise Blair at safety. Another player I'll be paying attention to is DJ Dallas, who has been great in the preseason in the past before. The running game will be, like I said, more important than ever. And so... Who are the guys who you want to be able to get your yards, who who you want to have burst, especially given that we don't know the health of Penny? You want to see DJ Dallas step up. Travis Homer will probably win the spot as a third down running back, but if somebody goes down with injury, DJ Dallas has got to be able to prove that he can, that may not be a bell cow, but he can, he can really help produce for you in spots. And I think he can do that, but he's got to prove it. Every year, he's got to prove it. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles his snaps because I believe he'll get a fair enough amount of snaps with Kim Walker III starting. Cody Barton. I've talked about the linebackers. My concerns about the depth, it's really just not there. Like, there is no depth. (laughs) So I don't know if they'll have Cody Barton calling the plays. I don't know how that will work. I'm interested to see how it will work. And I'm interested to see, can he make some plays? Can he cover? I don't expect him to be great in the run game, but can he not be a liability in the run game? And can he can he be good in coverage to cover up some of the weaknesses that Jordan Brooks has? Because they can be a good complimentary one-two punch in theory, but Barton's got to show up and be what he was billed to be. And that's good in pass coverage. And then finally, oh, I actually got two more. Phil Haynes, he's another guy to watch. Pete Carroll talked about him earlier this week, and I didn't get into that, but Pete actually called him a starter in this league. And I believe he can push Gabe Jackson in this preseason competition. I don't, and, and I think it's possible, this, and I don't, I don't think it'll happen week one, but it's possible that as the season kind of concludes, Phil Haynes starts starting over Gabe Jackson. I think they want a veteran presence, especially early on. But if Phil Haynes continues to show his worth and he can stay healthy this year, I believe he can push Gabe Jackson for a starting spot eventually. So this will be really critical for him because he's a guy, even though he's on the last shift of his deal, they can probably bring him back on a relatively cheap two-year deal maybe, like I said, a reasonable price. And if he could stay healthy, he's an excellent guy to have on this roster moving forward. I, I believe in Phil Haynes. Every time he's played, he's proved that he can that he can be one of the best 
lineman on the on the line. Uh, he graded out at PFF as the best lineman. And so he's so versatile. There's a lot that he has to offer. He's got to be able to prove it. He's got to be consistent, and he has got to be healthy. But that's a guy who people aren't talking about as much, but it'll be really interesting to see how he does in this preseason game. And then finally, if they play him, and they might play him just for the competition with the quarterbacks, Damian Lewis. Damian Lewis absolutely needs a bounce-back year. We've talked about this on our Redemption Row episode. He needs a bounce-back year, and I'm curious to see. They are keeping him at left guard. How good is he at pass protection? Has he gotten better? Is he closer to the rookie year version of himself than he was the sophomore year version? Pete Carroll has talked him up. He said some good things about him. So I'm curious to see what that looks like on a football field. So, there's a lot to watch for, both from a rookie perspective and just from future young players on this team perspective. Guys that we could bring back to be a part of the foundation that the Seahawks are laying. It's going to be interesting to watch no matter what. Can't wait to get back on here and talk about it with you guys and break everything down. We'll have a post-game show uh, maybe a day or so after the game. Give you the recaps inside on the press conferences and everything else well that's all the time we have for today you can follow me on twitter at candaceh901 that's candaceh901 be sure to follow the show at ethos seahawks make sure to give us a like give us a follow we appreciate all of you guys support up to this point but that's all we got that's it i'm out and as always go hawks